0: Johnston, Tyson Fury, really, really tough night on Saturday night. A lot tougher than what most people. Was expecting for sure.
1: Yeah, it, it it was a it was a difficult night for him, wasn't it? it? The cut obviously was a was a major factor in the fight, and, and it inf- influenced his performance for me. But it was a bad one, um, no doubt about it. Um, people obviously saying that they believed that it probably should have been stopped, and you know whether this could have uh, impacted his career later on. Um, I'm not so sure, uh, but you know we'll go into that, into that into that later on, I suppose, in this pod. But at the end of the day, I think. With the cut, I think he he done pretty well. I think he got through it. I think it was a, a, a big learning curve for Tyson, and 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 he he come away with, with a unanimous decision. It was a comfortable victory in the end. Although you know, in terms of the state of his eye, it was pretty bad. But uh, you know, it, it's just a, it's another tick on the box. You know, he, he's come through a difficult situation with the eye, and he's had to adapt his style, and he's done that. And I thought he'd done that pretty well uh, to an extent, and, and he got the win.
0: Well, before we go balls deep into this episode, let's just let the listeners know where to find us on social media, as always, you can find us on Twitter at BTR Boxing Pod, and on Facebook at BTR Boxing Podcast, and if you've not already subscribed to us, then go and do it, we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Podbean, Stitcher, Spreaker, Player FM, Spotify, and Eat Sleep Boxing Repeat, YouTube channel as well, so, as you were just talking about this fight, it was was a real, no pun intended here by the way, it's a real eye-opener this fight for me, like... (laughs) You know, I really uh, <laughs> I really enjoyed watching the grittiness of it and the, 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 the way Tyson Fury had to really tough this one out. And, you know, my first initial thoughts when I was watching the fight was, this was like when Tyson Fury fought John McDermott a few years back and he fought him twice. And the first John McDermott fight, arguably, he could have lost that on any other night, that John McDermott first fight. Arguably, could have lost that. Some people felt he did lose that at a time, but this is what that this fight with Voline reminded me of. You know, he was he was always made to dig deep, and yeah, he got through the fight comfortably in the end on the cards. But it was really competitive. It was a lot more competitive than what people were giving it credit for. And we were talking about this on the preview episode about how he was coming under high levels of criticism for him taking the fight against a, a twenty and oh nobody, but Voline us like, like we said i think his stock was going to rise come what may on this fight and for me it's risen even more now because you know he's been able to go in there and, and really tough it out and yeah he's he, he's gone in there with tyson fury and tyson fury's grinded out the win over volleying but for for for, Volley, for me this looks like there's going to be some great fights on the horizon for him but going back to Tyson Fury the main talking point here is that you know a lot of people are saying now that if Tyson Fury can't dispatch a for and what would Wilder do to you or what would Joshua or Ruiz even do to The automatically people are jumping on that bandwagon of, oh, it wasn't Tyson's greatest performance. So as a result of that, this automatically means he's going to go into that Deontay Wilder rematch in February uh, and get beat. And I just think that people are too quick to criticise when someone doesn't have the greatest of performances. You know, people are saying, oh, maybe this is the end of him. His own dad was saying, you know, sack the corner, get rid of the corner, they're not doing a great job for him, this is the worst Tyson Fury we've ever seen, I'm just thinking to myself, no, this is just a really tough night for him, you know, having such a bad cut like that on your eye, impacting your vision all the way through the fight, he had to adjust throughout that fight, he was tough tough fight and then to get a second cut on the eyelid as well itself and then still manage to get through that fight I mean he got rocked a couple of times it looked like he got rocked a couple of times to me anyway but he got through it he didn't go down he wasn't like he had a heavy knockdown like he did against Wilder and got up like he did against Wilder and come back and won the round he comfortably grinded out that win you know parts of the night were really uncomfortable but Tyson Fury said it himself in the post-fight interview when that cut happened, it completely changed the way the fight went. That fight, for me, wouldn't have gone the way it did if that cut wouldn't have happened. And that's what people are, are not looking at here when they look at the bigger picture. They just look at a guy who may may have looked like he struggled at times. But, come on, man. Bloody hell. <laughs> well, I'm not being funny, but when you got two bad cuts over your eyes like that, what else are you supposed to do? I mean, Huey Fury, when he fought Pulev, Huey Fury had horrible cut on his eye. And he struggled to get through them rounds but he never locked in any trouble he never looked hurt he just didn't perform and that's what people are saying about Tyson he just didn't perform but he got the win so what are you supposed to do as the fighter in the ring what else do, 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 do you want to do you can't really risk any more than what you're already doing and, and you know risk getting the cut even worse and getting the fight stopped and, and that's another talking point in a minute but for me I just think it was a, a, a really tough gritty night for him in Vegas
1: it was and you know when you watch the first sort of five rounds um uh, he's um uh, sort of he's he, he's using his full height and he, he's using his jab he's using his footwork you know he's pretty much the Tyson we've seen since he's come back and even previously before that um and then obviously he had the cut but even beyond like I think that was around the fourth round if I remember rightly is the fourth um Maybe the fifth. Um, and he, he, he continued to do the same thing. He, had to, you know, he used his side, used his jab. And it wasn't until sort of Valley went in with a thumb and sort of tried to open up that cut a little bit wider, which was, uh, I think that was the end of the fifth um, or even the end of the sixth. But that was where Tyson changed his style. He always, you know, he, he dipped down. He, he fought small, didn't he? So he didn't really use that height as much. And, and I think that's where the performance, you know, with the eye. Affected him and, and the, the, his performance dipped, um, but he, in his in his head he's probably thinking if I keep my head low, there's less chance of of, of that eye really opening up, and he didn't throw many uppercuts at him. It was it was more that left that, that he was trying to throw. Um, I think right on the end of that last round where he, he did land a big left hand but that was the point where I think his eye I don't think he could see with the blood streaming down I, I, as you say there was like a second cut and I think that was from that point he couldn't see out of that eye and that's where I think he slightly got rocked but again he showed great courage you, you know he he he, he Ducked and dived, and you know he held on when he needed to, and he got himself through that last round. Um, so I, I think I think people always are going to say, hey, you know, he, he was good as your last performance, and obviously his last performance wasn't that great. So everybody's going to say, oh, he, you know, this is what he was—he wasn't great—and and everyone's going to basically deal with him, which is which is just is really, it's ridiculous, isn't it? Really, you know, everyone everyone's entitled to have a, a pretty poor performance at times. It happens. It's not always going to be. Rosie, and you know, everyone's You're going to be able to box your way to victory as comfortably as he has done sort of previously before the Wilder fight, those, those two silly fights he had, and then the other one with, with Tom Swartz, who didn't really bring anything. Whereas Valin, you know, he he he, he, he fell out of his skin, the kid. You know, he, he put uh, he put it on tight and he took some big shots himself. He didn't really get hurt. I don't, as I, I think there was a time, I think you're right, where Fury, I think it was the last round for me when when I thought Fury looked hurt. But again, that's really because he didn't see that shot coming. And, you know, when you don't see a punch coming, that's when you do get hurt. And he didn't go down. He wasn't, like, really badly rocked or anything. And and I do think that people are a little bit quick to to criticise when it's difficult. God, Jesus. I mean, that cut was bad. And the the blood just didn't stop, it just kept on. It, it, they, they just couldn't stop the bleeding. Um, whatever that is down to the corner in terms of maybe he needs a new cut man. I don't think the cut man sort of did himself any justice in there. I don't think he quite did enough for me. I mean, I'm, I'm not a cut expert, but you know, I've listened to Kerry Case, for instance, and, and there was certain elements of what he was doing in there with all the vaseline. You know, I, I think he was quick to just stick a load of vaseline on there. Um, it'd be interesting if he could get a better, a better cutsman man in, really, because obviously that could be something down the line now where. You know, that, that's going to scar um, whether that will open up again. And obviously, with Rallin sticking his thumb in there, which people have criticised and said how terrible that is. He should, have, he should have been disqualified. Yeah, he probably should have had a point deducted um, and probably could have been disqualified. Possibly. Um, but, you know, the thumb in the eye is an old tactic, isn't it? It's a dirty tactic, but... It's, it's been there ever since from, from day one. No, it's like the low blow for me. The thumb in the eye is always going to... There's certain fighters that do it all the time. Um, so, I don't know. Maybe he's being clever in the ring there, because well, he realises the only way that win this fight is if he gets stopped on cuts. But, yeah, you know, we've seen it before. Tony Bellew had a, an awful cut, just as bad as that, although the bleeding wasn't as bad, and nobody turned around and said, like, oh, you know, because it was Tony Bellew it didn't get stopped. Of course they didn't. There's been worse of cuts where, where fighters have managed to, to, to keep it out of range and, and managed to get through the fight, um, so I, I think that's a bit daft for people to turn. Around. I think it was Terence Crawford that said, you know, if it wasn't, could just because it's Terence, uh, just because it's Tyson Fury, that's why I didn't get stuck to think that's silly. I think Tony Weeks was right to carry on. He got the doctor in to have a look at it, but I thought, you know, at the end of the day, it was a it was a gritty fight and a gritty performance from Tyson. I think he deserves credit for it.
0: Yeah, I give him credit for the win, to be honest with you. And people might not agree with that. And to be honest, I don't really care what what other people think because you know, just just like. Well, Twitter and Facebook and all the rest of it, everybody has their opinion, you know. Um it's just like arseholes really, everybody's got one and everybody's got the right to exercise it. So, you know, for me, everybody's gonna sit there and say one thing and say another and I just the way I the way I see it for this particular fight is the referee give the benefit of the doubt and if there was really cause to stop the fight i would have thought that the doctor would have intervened regardless of what people can cons- conspire to say about the fact that it's all oh, it's bob arum's bill and he's a powerful man and you know frank warren's involved and he's a powerful man and what planet are you on if the doctor sees there's a legitimate issue there and he feels for the health and safety of that fighter we're going to pull him out They would have pulled him out. Not because his name's Tyson Fury and he entertains and all the rest of it. They would have just said, no, we're going to have to stop the fight. And it would have gone down as a shock. And I'm sure there would have been a rematch. But that hasn't happened. They let the fight go on. He managed to get through the fight. He wasn't really in danger of of being stopped. Yeah, Volin's tactic was a little bit dirty. And he was jumping on the back of the opportunity of trying to make it worse. So, like you said, they could get the fight stopped. And he could pick up the victory. You know, he's giving it a shot. He didn't win, and and that's the end of that. Points should have been taken, yes, I do agree. Should he have been disqualified? Quite possibly, yeah, could have been. But it didn't happen. So there's no point of thinking about what ifs and buts. It didn't happen. The fight went the distance. Following Stocks Rose... And Tyson Fury, he's had to have, what, 47 stitches now to, to repair his eye. The difficulty going forward is this this rematch for Wilder is signed for February. And we're in the middle of September. And now this is going to take, what, weeks and weeks to recover. And then he's got to get back into camp or into, into training for the fight in February. So it's going to be a little bit of a, a, a close call here, to be honest with you. And there's a lot of rumours that Deontay Wilder isn't going to be fighting, although he's supposed to be fighting Lewis Ortiz. Nothing has actually been officially confirmed. I've not seen anything about a venue. I've not seen anything about a confirmed date. And if I was Deontay Wilder at this point in time, I'd be thinking, do I really, really, really need to take that fight now with, with Ortiz, with it being such a difficult fight? It's so close to when I'm due to fight Tyson Fury. Should he be putting his focus into, you know, maybe having a slightly longer training period of time and, and, and getting ready for this fight with Tyson Fury? and if if people that are saying Tyson Fury's starting to decline a bit are right, then that might be the right thing to do, but you can't really base it off that one performance. From what we've seen as fighter fans over the years, when Tyson Fury's got in the ring with a high calibre of an opponent, he's delivered, and he's delivered well. Klitschko, he won the titles from Klitschko. Wilder, he got up and and he was beating Wilder. He should have beat Wilder on that night. That that should have been given to him. And I've I've ranted about that for for, for nearly a year now since since the fight happened. And it, it what is what will be will be. And if Tyson Fury has got a lot left in the tank, which. I believe he has. I think we'll see a really good fight in February if that date stays the same, if they don't end up putting it back a week or two. I don't know. It's it's hard. I can theorise and, and speculate on how things are going to play out, but essentially they've signed it for the February the 22nd and that's when the deal's made for and the fight's made for. So we're going to have to wait and see how everything plays out with the healing process and how everything plays out with getting him back into training and and whether it'll all play out for that period of time. But as far as I'm concerned... I'm really looking forward to to seeing what the next few months hold for Tyson Fury and whether or not, you know, he's going to be ready for this particular fight. But all in all... I think he deserves credit, no matter what people say about it. I think he deserves credit for for get, going over there, picking up the win, getting grinding out the win when things could have gone completely horribly wrong for him, like they did for Joshua.
1: Yeah, it it certainly could have gone horribly wrong, and 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 I think he he done himself justice. I I, I don't quite understand. I understand the criticism. It wasn't a great performance from, from Fury, but the cut blatantly. Uh, you know affected his performance and he was able to then just 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 managed to bide his way through the fight he fought smaller than he should have as i say for that second part of the fight but you know he grinded out he grinded out a victory at the end of the day it's irrelevant um the main thing is his eye does eventually you know it heals all right um, as you say 50 stitches in that eye which which ain't good he's going to take a bit of time for that to eventually heal over and then he's got to start his training camp but even even Wilder's come out and he's giving it the old. You know, I I've made him this bad. It's because he was in the ring with me and I'm the reason why he was this poor. He fought Tom Schwartz after you, mate, and he got rid of him. All right, Tom Schwartz were not anything massive. He wasn't he was a great fighter. Um, he's still pretty young. He could come back, the fella. To be fair to him, but I think Volin was it was a game opponent and he put in a, a good display and and he he put his his credibility has risen and and rightly so. He's no matter how. Poor people want to say, I mean, I mean with, with Fury's dad coming out, giving it the old, you know, he was the worst performance he's ever seen from Tyson. Oh, I don't agree with that. I don't think it was his worst performance. I just think the cut was, was a problem. Um, I think even Ben Davis' out out said that he saved his career or the corner saved his career from what they did. And I don't think they did for me. I think, for me, I think it was Tyson Fury that that, that did that. He adapted his way. He felt that obviously dipping his head and fighting low would would make that cut. You know would would make it less chance of it less risk of it getting any worse um and whoever i think probably did the right thing in a way um as i say he didn't really throw the uppercut volume well, it was always that that left hand he was looking for um so uh, you know to, to his credit i think it was all try some fury he he adapted his style when no matter what, he weren't pleasing on the eye, but he battled through. He was covered in claret, and, and, he, and he done well. I mean, I just, you know, I think the one thing for me, more you know, people getting irritated with with the cut and whether it should have carried on. And I think, for me, the bigger quote, the bigger the, the biggest grind on me was the fact that the commentators kept calling the lineal everyweight champion. It was it's <laughs> driving me nuts the way they. Actually, talking about it, it's just I can't. For me, I I, I don't see Tyson as a lineal heavyweight champion in the world. I'm not going to go with the ins and outs of it, but you know he failed a drug test. That for me is that's that's gone. Um, And he come back and fought, you know, two cab drivers. Let's be honest, he fought nobody. So for me, I don't I don't believe he's a linear heavyweight champion. He's not got a champion. He's not a champion. The only two champions around is Deontay Wilder and Andy Ruiz, and that's it um, at the minute. There ain't going to be no lineal champion until there is a, a, an undisputed heavyweight champion in the world, which is possible next year. Hopefully, we get to see a fight. Um, and I don't think they believe, I don't believe they need to keep saying this. They, they don't need to keep saying he's a linear heavyweight champion. It, it's pointless. It? Just by saying that, it doesn't make me think that he's any better than any of the others. I still think Tyson Fury is the number one in the division. I don't think anyone at the moment could beat him. When he's on his game, Tyson Fury beats them all. Yes, you can throw in AJ. Yes, you can throw in Wilder and even Dillian White. But, you know... It's, it's, you know the way I see it is any one of those if they fought each other it could go either way. But Fury just has got the, he's got the class and the skills I believe to, to win a fight at distance. Um, that's why I think I put him as my number one at the minute. Uh, and the other thing as well is people got to remember with with Dillian White. Dillian White the, the b up hasn't come out yet. We still haven't heard anything about that. But yet he's being stripped of all of his rankings from all the organisations and people are happy with that. They've not even said anything. see people on. Twitter on Facebook saying, oh, that's terrible. Everyone's sort of just going, yeah, well, fair enough. So if he's getting stripped from a a ranking status because he's potentially going to fail a drugs test, then how can people make... Tyson Fury, the Lindy Weatherweight Champion, when he has failed a drug test. So this is, and that's what I don't quite, this is where it always gets a little bit pathetic for me. And I think that's, it just, that really did annoy me listening to the fight the other night, was the commentary and the way they kept calling him the Linear Weatherweight Champion. But other than that, I'm not going to knock Tyson. I, I think people are being harsh on him. And I think, as, as I say, you know, you're only as good as your last performance. And it wasn't a great performance, but it showed to me that he's got a lot of spirit and, and he, he rings out. He's got a good IQ. It weren't pretty, but he got through it. And he managed to, to, to win the fight uh, by unanimous decision. And credit to him.
0: Well, just a couple of more points before we move on with this. That social media and the people on social media that talk about how Deontay Awada would have put Wallin away in round one. And, and if Joshua would have blew him away, Ruiz would have blew him away uh, within a couple of rounds. The thing <laughs> is, you can't sit there and make that comparison. Yeah, Wilder, I believe, Wilder might have put him away in a round or two rounds even, but at the end of the day, what would Wilder have done if he suffered a cut that bad? What would AJ have done when he suffered a cut that bad? What would Ruiz have done? We don't know, we're never going to know, so there's no point making them comparisons because... The likelihood is we might not see any of them three other fighters face Otto Volling. So there's no point of trying to sit there and say, oh yeah, Deontay Wilder would have bombed him out in one round. You probably would. You know, you're probably right. But what's the point of making them comparisons? At the end of the day, Tyson Fury is supposed to be a slickster with a little bit of punching power. And, you know, on the night he had to adapt. Like you said, he had to fight in a different way to be able to get through that fight to win. And the cards reflected that and a lot of people who I spoke to a couple of people that listen to this particular podcast that we do even said you know I had him winning by six rounds on the night so you know there's a lot of other people that have seen it in a similar way to what the judges seen it so there was no dispute about the fact that He went in there and he did a job and he's just unfortunate that he got that cut so early on in the fight that it changed the complexity of the fight and if that wouldn't have happened, would we have seen him blow Otto volleying away in five, six rounds? It's quite possible. Again, we're never going to know this now because the event has passed, so there's no point making the comparisons. There's no point saying Tyson Fury is done or Wilders took a piece of him blah blah blah. We're not going to know any of the answers to a lot of the questions that people have got until we actually see him get the rematch with Deontay Wilder and that's really for me when we'll see what he has got and whether he can go in there and and perform the way he performed in the first fight and this time get the victory or whether Deontay Wilder will blow him out. Don't don't know. Don't know until we see it happen so I'm more focused now on what's going to happen going forward rather than looking at the past. I want to see the fight. I want to see what happens in the fight. I want to see the rematch with Varese and Joshua and see how that changes the landscape, whether it will change the landscape, we don't know. So there is a lot to look forward to. I just think people are sometimes overly critical of fighters as soon as they see a chink in the armour or a performance that was a little bit below par. People are used to Tyson Fury having really good performances the wilder performance the schwartz performance they were two good performances and because he's had a little bit of a lackluster one due to what happened in the fight people are jumping on the bandwagon of saying well that's it for him he isn't this and he isn't that you can't say that until you've seen him have that wilder fight if he gets bombed out by wilder then maybe i'll sit here and say actually maybe he is maybe you maybe you're right maybe he is on the slide but I'm not going to sit there and agree with any of them points until I see him have that fight with Wardo, and I believe he will rise to the occasion again. And I believe we'll see another great fight and another compelling fight, and one that'll have us on the edge of our seats, wondering what's going to happen. So, I'm yeah. going to move. I'm yeah. going to move on, Johnston, because we're going to be here for an yeah. hour talking about this subject. Because <laughs> yeah. people are so—it's so contentious. It's—it's it's, it's got people's opinion divided a little bit but there's so much to sort of touch on from the weekend you know it was quite a big preview episode because there was a lot of boxing on over the weekend and starting with the Friday night fight night obviously we're talking about Devin Haney's performance uh, well, he, he, you know, he does what he says on the tin. Really, he's like Ron or this kid, isn't he? Do you know what I mean? He's he's, he's really, really good. And he went in there and uh, dismantled Abdullayev And again, he just looks like the, the the super hot prospect of the lightweight division that I was talking about. He really does, didn't
1: he? I really like Devon Haney. I, I think he's got a lot of potential. I mean, he even he's even got the bollocks to be called out Lamancenco already, isn't he? he? He wants to fight. He reckons Lamancenco is avoiding him. Um, that is 100% not the case. Uh, Lamontenko is not avoiding him. He, he will be looking at the winner of uh, Tifo and Lopez and uh, the Com- Richard Comedy fight. Whoever wins that, that will be Lamentenko's next fight to become the undisputed champion of the and, and that division. And that is rightly the way Lamontenko is going. And he should not be looking at a Devon H- Haney. But for me, you've mentioned it before, Luke Campbell, what a good fight that would be. That'd be a cracking little fight. And why not? I think I think that's a... That's what he should be looking at himself to see if he can maybe get one, you know, do better than what Lemachenko did and actually get rid of him. But, you know, going back to the fight itself, I thought, I thought, Haney, I think he looked great. The guy was clearly a a slight, you know, I didn't know too much about it, but he was, I think, in terms of his. His resume and what what I was sort of what I see beforehand and what how 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 highly they were speaking of him in terms of uh Abdullah, it, it was actually quite a, a decent fighter and he made him look really poor and quite you know just just an average fighter really and I think um he, he just proved yet again that even when he steps up that little you know just just the extra notch he, he's able to just put his foot down and, and move up through the gears and and just put on a masterclass. He, he looked really comfortable in there. He, you know, he's, he's, he knows exactly what he's doing. He's, the way he threw that left jab to just drop that, to drop his hand, uh, you think he just dropped the left and he, he, he smashed it right in the cheek with the right hand. And that was that was basically why he didn't, you know, he, I think he broke, I don't know if he broke his cheek. I haven't really seen so much he looked like. He may have done. Um, so he's got power. He's got pop. He's got skill. He's got great footwork. He's got good head, head head movement. There's not really anything you can say that he hasn't got. It's just a matter of him stepping up and fighting somebody in the division that's going to give him some problems. And I think Luke Campbell could be that guy. And I think that's a fight that they could quite easily make uh, within Matt Trim and um, or, or we're on, probably would be on Bazan. But uh, maybe he could uh, get get Haney over here. I mean, uh, I think, I believe Haney is now going to be fighting on that uh, that, that stupid YouTube, KSI and whatever the other fella's name is. he oh, apparently fight on the undercard of that next month or whenever that is. But um, so, yeah... He, uh, he looks great. I mean, it, it'd just be a warm up fight for him, no doubt. It'd just be another another number on, on his resume, another fighter that'll come in and he'll,
0: he'll put to bed. But definitely looking
1: like hot. Hot potential, and one that's going to be a, a real star in the future.
0: What about Michael Hunter then in his heavyweight performance on Saturday night, beating Sergey Kuzmin over twelve rounds by a unanimous decision after dropping him earlier on in the fight? I tell you what, you know Michael Hunter. We spoke about him. I know you said you really liked him on the preview episode, and again, he just he just looks like a guy who he, he he's if he's not already broke into the top ten now with that performance, he must be on the outskirts. He must be putting him at 11, 12, best heavyweight. In, you know in the world for me, that was another great performance for him, and it just goes to show you that you know, I think he's ready to to get a big fight now, and I think you know, just like the way Ruiz upset Joshua, I think you know he could cause an upset at least one upset in the heavyweight division at some point, and I'd like to see him now go in there with maybe alexander pavetkin i'd like a hunter pavetkin fight to happen you know that would be a good test for him you know stepping up that level of uh opposition and, and getting somebody who's shown that he's still got something left after he beat Huey fury recently so yeah michael hunter's performance and great performance over kuzmin there what did you make of that one johnston
1: i really liked his performance i, I, I like hunter i think he's as i said i had him you know all right weren't massive names before last year but he was one of my fighters of the year last year I thought he, I think he's just got something about him and you know he's got he's just, he looks great I just think he really does look good and he's another he's an asset for the eight division I think he's someone that many fighters will look at and think actually I don't quite fancy it and I mean Hassan Ratman's in his corner as well isn't he and he's been speaking very highly of him and he says that you know even when he was back in the day and he was sparring with him when as he was coming through he said he was giving him some trouble back then and he was always saying that this kid's gonna be a future heavyweight champion in the world and he believes he should have had his shot already and probably would have if he hadn't had such a good year last year and he proved himself again that you know he he really has got a lot of skill he's got he he might not be the biggest but you know he's got a bit of pop he can he can he it's his movement and the way he's able to, to move around the ring I just uh, there's something about him I really he's, he's eye-catching you know he's, he's, he seems to, for me he's in the top 10 um, it's not, I'll put him above some of, the, some of the others that are in there I mean people will always have Luis Ortiz up there high and and we don't know what's happening with him but that's another fight oh, I think he can fight Luis I think he boxes box his head up to be honest with you I mean that would clearly put him on the map, um, if people don't believe he's in the top ten, I, I, I'm sort of difficult to not put him in there. I don't know who else would you would you put him in there above um, above him. Uh, I really like him, I really do. I liked him from last year, and and he's proving that he, he's, a, he's, a, he's a he's a class act. And and with Usyk, obviously the only defeat in the cruiserweight division. Obviously, we still got Usyk to come back, but with M2 in the heavyweight division it's really starting to, to, to come on a bit and it, you know, with the addition of those two guys I think it's, it's just making it even better
0: certainly is the other marquee fight on that card just quickly touching on it before we move on was obviously Heather Hardy Amanda Serrano Amanda Serrano picking up the victory there on that card over 10 rounds winning the unanimous decision another good performance from Serrano there taking the undefeated record of Heather Hardy uh, another good fight another good showing for, for women's boxing I think it's uh, it's really really good and obviously now we've got the announcement tomorrow of Katie Taylor coming to Manchester on November the 2nd uh sounding like from rumours having it that it's going to be a rematch with Delphine Persoon happening in Manchester, don't quote me on it, I'm just hearing rumours from different people within the industry that that's going to be announced tomorrow, Uh, and Anthony Crawler's final fight is supposed to also be announced tomorrow uh, against Tommy Coyle, so watch this space on social media, hopefully that's what will get announced tomorrow, but... Serrano's obviously been touted as a future opponent for Katie Taylor. She looked good again, and I'm looking forward to that fight happening. Uh, as well in the future, should that go down. But, quickly moving on then, because obviously I'm conscious that I want to try and fit everything in today for you guys that are listening. You know, just briefly touching on our thoughts on some of the cards over the weekend. Just going back onto to Saturday's shows then, obviously we had the one on BT Sport, the York Hall show, the Frank Warren Queen's promotion show. So, for anybody that didn't catch us over the weekend, uh, it was actually a pretty decent showing, to be honest with you. I think it was... Quite a few competitive fights on there and, and just sort of starting out with Dex Bellman and Sheken Pitters was the the first live televised fight on BT Sport over the weekend or ESPN for your American followers. That was a really, really good opening fight between them two. Uh, Dex Bellman was the current English light heavyweight champion going in against Sheken Pitters who we said he'd previously fought in the final of the Ultimate Boxer Tournament. Uh, it was actually a really, really good, close, competitive fight. But, as I did point out on the episode, if you did listen to it, I did say Chicken Pitters just had that little bit of a level above Dex Spellman, and he just managed to show it. Although, the cards didn't really do justice for me in terms of uh, the closeness of it. They gave it... Well, I say, I'm say i saying that now, actually. I'm probably telling a lie. It was 97, 93 and all all three cards there. So, that's four rounds to, 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 to Chicken Pitters over... Dex Spellman, I could have argued maybe it could have been a little bit closer, maybe a round closer, but I mean, overall it was a really really good fight to start the card off with but let's just take a little pause for one moment to give a shout out to the sponsors for btr boxing podcast it's bear attack boxing providing high quality boxing gloves boxing equipment to your suitable needs you can find them at www.bearattackboxing.co.uk and all over social media you've got the fight pro one gloves the pluto gloves the new bear attack boxing t-shirt range the inner gloves the hand wraps some great Boxing products on there, so go and check them out. And also, we've got a little present for you because you're a loyal listener to BTR Boxing Podcast, we've got an exclusive discount code for you. Now, it's a 10% discount, and all you've got to do is when you're at the checkout and you've got them boxing gloves and that t shirt in there that you want to buy, go onto the promo code and enter BTR10 for 10% off. And 10% is not something to be scoffed at in this day and age. It can definitely get you a few quid off them high-quality products that Bear Attack Boxing are selling. So, as a loyal listener to BTR Boxing Podcast, when you buy or purchase something through Bear Attack Boxing's website, in the promo code, enter BTR10, and you will get an exclusive 10% discount off your baskets. So, please, go and take advantage of it. Follow them on social media, Bear Attack Boxing, and it's bearattackboxing.com. UK.
1: Yeah, it was. And as and, and we mentioned, uh, we said Sucker Peters would, uh, it, we felt that he would probably come full out. think both wanted Spellman to win the fight. Um, not to suspect Peters because, uh, you know, the story behind him with Spellman and it's his first English defence of, of the English heavyweight title and uh, light heavyweight title. Uh, sorry, but, um, but Peters, he, you know, he's, he's six foot six. You know, he's in the 175 pound division. There's some good fights out there for him in the lightweight division. I mean, I, I, I think uh, I'd like to see him against Spider Richards, Craig Spider Richards. I think that would be a good little fight. Um... I mean, obviously, we do know that the British title has has become vacant, so that's going to be where he probably should be going. It's difficult to assess, Piers, because will he go on into the world stage? I'm not so sure. I don't know. But he has improved since last year, and hopefully he will continue to improve because he's got that that nice jab, and he's got a good right hand. He's got a good chin. He took some left hands from Spelman there as well, and, and he took them well. It was a valiant effort from Spelman, but, you know, I think the right man won the a night. Um, you know, this is, is, is where I think this is going to be interesting now. Is he going to be able to move on beyond the domestic scene and, and maybe move into the European scene? I think that's that's something we need. To, he needs to look at himself. He could do it. Who knows? We don't know. Uh, we'll have to... Uh, you know maybe people have even mentioned that I'll see that Callum Johnson is a potential opponent which would be a bit dangerous I think that would be a bit too soon for him but I like the Richards fight for me I think that would be a good little scrap um, but obviously Richards has moved on as well he may fancy something bigger um, but we'll, we'll see what happens with it and, and Spellman, you know it, it, I, I like him but um I just think you know the domestic scene is his route. Uh, maybe if if Pitt has a AK's English title, he could go for that again and, and continue his career that way. Um, but a good fight at the end of the day, and I think I think Pitt has deserved it.
0: Another good fight, then very competitive fight with Zach Chelly and Cody Davis, and I did say this could be one of the fights of the card, and for me it was uh, it was closely fought out between the Celli the, the and Davies fight and the Dex Bellman and Shuken Pitter's fight in terms of what I felt was there. Although people may argue again, top of the bill was Brad Foster, Lucy and Reed, Reid, which we'll come on to a little bit later on. But just touching back on the Zach Celli-Cody Davies fight, I thought it was really good. I really enjoyed it. Cody Davis down early on, I think it was round number two, he was put down by and which, again, can change the complexity of the fight. I mean, Zach Chelly sort of took the early rounds, and and I I think he just sort of let Cody Davis get back into the fight as the rounds went on. It felt like a a fight of two halves. You know, It felt like the first half of the fight was sort of Zach Celli, but then he started to feel like Davis was controlling it and started to take over. And obviously, when the scorecards came in, I did feel it was going to be again a little bit closer than what it turned out to be. We had a ninety six, ninety four, ninety six, ninety three, and a ninety seven, ninety two card, which I felt like it was. Possibly going to be like even a 95 94 card, if I'm being honest with you, because I felt like mm-hmm. it was that competitive on the night. However, I, I do feel Cody Davis was the rightful winner of that particular fight. I think he did enough in the second half of the fight when he got that knockdown and got caught with a shot coming in. I think for me, that was when everything turned around, and it was like he knew at this point he needed to step up, but he didn't want to make any more silly mistakes going in too soon and getting caught. And he gradually worked his way back into it, and as sort of the fourth, fifth round onwards, so that's why he started to take control. And I think for me, it was Zach that Zach Chelly lost that fight and give Cody Davis the opportunity to get back into the fight. Uh, but overall, I was I was again regarding the story behind. Cody Davis and the passing of his sister. I was really tough to see him get the win. Of course, you know in, in that respect, it was nice to see him get that particular win. And I think, I think Zach Chelly. To be honest with you, I think he'd be better off moving back down to the super middleweight. I think that's where he'd probably get more success. At that's where he, he started his early campaign of his career, he's moved up to light heavyweight. I was surprised when he did move up. I think he'd be better off down at super middle if I'm being totally honest with you. And I think that's where he'd get more success in his career. And in fact, I think one of the commentators on on BT Sport actually said that. They mentioned that he should just move back down to super middleweight. And I totally agree. I think that's better for him. I think Cody Davis now has got a lot of work to do Going forward, if he's got an opportunity to, to win a domestic title, I think he's got a lot of work to do, and he does need a few more good names domestically under his belt before I could genuinely see him challenging for a British title. Because we've got to look at the British light heavyweight scene, as you was just talking about a little bit earlier with the with obviously the uh, the, the Spellman and the Pitters fight, you know, such a buzzing scene at the moment, and then with actually <laughs> vacating that title, it's up for grabs really, and you've got guys like Spider Richards, like you said, and obviously Shikin Pitters, and now you've got Cody Davies sort of pushing his way in there, and you've still got Callum Johnson, who arguably should be up the world level really, should be going for world level fight as I would believe at this stage of his career, but for me, it's a, a really buzzing domestic scene and we don't know what Anthony Yard's going to do yet. Is he going to drop back down to domestic level? <laughs> Who knows?
1: Who knows? I mean, that, I can't see that in the Yard. Uh, one thing I did see which I didn't know was that um, Lawrence Sasaki and uh, Ricky Summers are actually fighting for that vacant title on October 19th, the, the vacant British title. So, and and Cody Davis has put himself in line for the winner without a fight. So you know, whether he, whether he would take the winner or not, I think he probably will. Um, I, may, I mean, again, I, I'm sure uh, Cody Davis—he not fought the super middleweight himself. Um, yes, I, I might, I might be wrong. Uh, it maybe was just all like always at light heavyweight. Anyway. Uh, no super middleweight. Yeah, I mean, uh, sorry.
0: No, he was super middleweight.
1: He was, wasn't he? Yeah, because I mean, he's not massive himself, is he? I mean, he's, he, he could quite easily drop down and probably make the super middleweight himself. Um, but I think he would take that. You know, the fight now. Now he's won this, you know, he's eliminated for the title. And then, and then one of those guys, whether it be uh, Saki or, or Summers, and then he fights the winner of that. And then maybe, you know, you've got Peters who, who may be looking about thinking he, he can't practice that himself because he needs another name. But it, it's, it's a great, great domestic route. I mean, you've got. Obviously, we've got Buacchi, I'm, I'm expecting to move on to the European stage. Yard, I'm guessing he'll probably fight. I, I, I'm looking. You, you would hope that it'd be someone, uh, quite a big name after after the Kovlev defeat, just to get himself some rounds, basically. Um, I think he's probably a little bit further ahead than everybody else. Um not saying that Baratsi couldn't fight him now and probably beat him I still think Baratsi is quite polished enough so he probably could but I think Baratsi will, it will take his time but in terms of who the names we just found out there now in the library it's a really good scene and, and, and it's great to see so many light heavyweights around and, and hopefully we get some good domestic tear up
0: Well let's move on to Sonny Edwards' fight then and uh, I was talking about Sonny Edwards again on the preview episode giving him a bit of air time really because I've, I've said he's improved as a fighter and I really enjoy his progression and I think again Saturday night was just evident of that he's definitely got the potential to go on to the world level with the depths of the divisions that he's in not being that great it's going to be quite easy to push him on quite quick and to be fair now you know he's 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 been in what 12-13 fights and I think when we remember Charlie Edwards when he got his first world title shot I think he was about 12 fights in as well when he lost to Cassie Miro. so I don't think it's too far away for Sonny Edwards now I'd say another 12 months and another 2 or 3 fights and I think you really could be talking about it, and to be honest with you, and I said this the the other night on social media, on my Twitter account, I said, do people think that Sonny Edwards could actually go on to eclipse Charlie Edwards in terms of what he achieves in his career? Because after the last few performances, I felt like you could throw Sonny Edwards in with a world-level fighter now, and he'd, he'd probably be in there really comfortably, and he'd probably grind out a comfortable win on points, I think. I, you know, I don't envisage him as much of a banger, of course, because I've, I've not seen that, because he's only got, the four knockouts on his record but the way he just sort of outboxes the fighters he's going in the ring with and the way he gets in with the combinations and spins off to the side and, and, and makes a miss you know it's it's very much real you know it's really really good really good mm-hmm. I, I I really enjoy his style and you know, a couple of a couple of years ago, you know, when he first started out his career, I, I was looking at him thinking, well, you know, will he be as good as his brother Charlie? I think, in fact, based on what I've seen so far, I think he could go on to be better than his brother.
1: Do you know what? You said that uh, in the last pod we did, and, and I sort of went and Watched a couple of Sunny fights against any of fights, and, and I'm with you on that. I agree with you, Sean. I think I think you me, I took yourself. I always assumed Charlie was the better, but I think Sunny is the better of the brothers. Um, I think he's a very slick boxer, um, and he is better than Charlie, and he could go on to eclipse him. I 100 percent believe he could. He looked really great, um, and, he, and he's another guy that you know, he's not massive for flyweight, but you know, he, he he's 23 years of age. You know, he's got you know he, the world's his worst. Like he, he did, say he hurt his hand in the seventh. So um, I'm expecting to have a bit of time out to rest his hand and probably come back next year. Now, um, but he really is looking like a big year for him in 2020. And 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 I'm I, I, you've literally you. I, I didn't really think of it at the time. i honest, it would said here. To I think Sonny Edwards is it's a name to look out for. He's he's a, he's going to be. I, I believe he could be a world champion.
0: I think for me, Sonny Edwards, his career over the next 12 months has got to consist of fighting the winner of Paddy Barnes versus Jay Harris in October. That's a big fight in the flyweight division domestically. Uh, Jay Harris currently, you know, he won the European title earlier on this year and now he's fighting Paddy Barnes as the vacant IBF intercontinental flyweight title. You look at the two ABC titles, that Sonny Edwards has just won as well. That would be perfect. I mean, if if Jay Harris dispatches of Paddy Barnes then you've got Sonny Edwards there with a couple of the ABC titles then you've got the, the, the European champion that would be a perfect domestic fight for him and if he was to go in there and beat Jay Harris then I'd have no doubts about him moving on to world level and, and, and potentially pushing himself on to be a world champion in the future so for me that's a fight I think he'll be looking closely at and his team will be looking closely at is to see the outcome of that particular one because I, I think he could hang it with both of them guys whoever comes out on top of that particular fight so props to him, props to Sonny Edwards great fight, great yeah. win for him and we move on to the fight and the main event of the night which was controversial because it was a draw uh, it was lucian reed brad foster commonwealth and british super Bantamweight weight title we're on the line because of the draw brad foster keeps the titles lucian reed goes away probably feeling like he's got a little bit of a bad taste in his mouth there because for that particular fight i'll say i think he won it
1: yeah yeah i think i think uh I think Reed won the fight for me, um, so I, you know it's contentious, isn't it? Um, once again, um, we are we can't help you can't escape the fact that always every weekend there's always going to be one card. You know, you scratch your head thinking how that happen, but um, yeah, I, I think I think uh, once again the judges have 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 done him out of a win. Um, but you know, I'm expecting to hopefully have a rematch, um, which would make a lot of sense. Um, yeah, you know, it wasn't a thrilling fight, but it was competitive, and, and I expect uh, them to, to 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 tango again at some point. Um, another controversial result is always going to happen in it. You always get them, uh, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. It, it, it'd be interesting to see the fight again. Hopefully, it'd be you know, hopefully Reed will get get the get
0: the result he, he deserves yeah i'm looking forward to seeing that rematch because i think it i think it'll be good i think the second time round we'll get a clear definitive winner in it so just then finalizing the majority of of the weekend's action obviously we talked about tyson fury for the majority of this episode really touching on the aftermath of that fight but we didn't really t- touch on any of that particular card uh, as such so i want to just sort of recap on on that particular card over the weekend as well obviously we had some good fighters on there We was talking talking about Pedraza versus Zepeda on that particular card, I and mean, we were talking about Navarrete on there as well, and we also had Jaime mean, Wunguia defending his title, so just going back to that card with Tyson Fury on, uh, on the undercard, bit of a shock then really, when Jose Pedraza lost to Jose Zapeda by a unanimous decision in 10 rounds, it was something, I'll be totally honest with you, weren't expecting to happen, and Zepeda actually came out and got the victory there on the night, so for Pedraza now, former world champion Himself, what does he do now after that? Just you know, how does he work his way back up in, in the lightweight division?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's the first time he's thought of super light, isn't it? Uh, Pedraza and and of I just think he, he he was a little he was he showed he, had, he, he was just more comfortable with the weight, I suppose. I don't know, Pedraza's a funny one, isn't he? He tends to have these off nights, and I think I think for me, I think it, I think the weight was a problem. Um, I mean, I, I, you don't know, I mean, I'm not going to say. Absolutely, that is the case. whether he continues to move on at super lightweight, light or he drops down? Um, I think I think lightweight is probably his best weight, to be honest. Um, it's just difficult because there's so many names around at the moment. But you know, he, he could we spoke about Devin Haney. Maybe Devin Haney. Maybe he could he could get Pedraza to come down to lightweight. Um, who knows? I mean, it's it's it's, it's an interesting one because obviously Jose P- P- uh, P- Pedida, oh, Z- Zepeda, Zapida. Sorry. Um, Struggling with his name here, but um, he, he, you know he, he's now going to move on, and he, he's got himself a nice name on his record. So, uh, and he's a tough guy. I mean, thirty and two he was, um, and he is, i think he was—he's thirty-one and two now. So you know he, he's been around the block. He's got a bit about him. Um, and he's proven that he's he's got ability, so maybe he's one to look out
0: for as well in, in the super lightweight division and
1: maybe he could go on to, to get a title shot himself.
0: So also on the Tyson Fury undercard, then we also had the fight with Navarrete and Juan Miguel Aglaude and Navarrete beat Aglaude within four rounds, stopping him uh, with a TKO in the fourth round. Great win for Navarrete there, he continues to look great in the super bantamweight division and then we also had obviously Tyson Fury's good buddy, good pal Isaac Love getting another victory on another Tyson Fury undercard there. I'm just wondering when we'll ever get to see that rematch with Ryan Walsh because that's been something I've been wanting to see for a while but just doesn't seem to be wanting to happen at the moment because fighting on all these undercards of Tyson Fury, getting all this experience to get out sort of all these Mexican fires but... I want to see him back in a a domestic scene, to be honest, if you're fighting some of the guys there, but doesn't want to see him to to happen for whatever reason. But it's good that he's keeping himself active, of course, you know. Can't really fault him for that, to be fair. But, you know, we want to see him, will he go on to fulfil his potential? Will we get to see him in another domestic showdown? It just remains to be seen at the moment with that as well. So we had that there, Mm -hmm. and then we had Jaime Munguia as well, picking up a victory over Patrick Alottai on that card as well picking up a fourth round KO over a i as well and you were talking about him on the previous episode about seeing some chinks in his armour about seeing some vulnerabilities in him Like you know he, at this stage of his career maybe he's there to, sort of for the taking at this point did you see anything different from there that made you think differently about him
1: um, oh, for me uh, it, it was just another body and it didn't The guy thought was it. Do you know what? I I didn't know much about him, Um, and I think it proved on on the night. I think he was never going to really pose any any real threat. Um, So for me. it was just, it was always going to go one way and, and he proved that. He just needs, he needs to get um, a, a big, another big fight. I just, I, I don't know what it is about him I don't know why, I sort of, I don't know why. I don't, there's something about him, I just don't rate him. Really, I i, I don't think he's the best around and I think, uh, I think there's other guys that are going to, that could, you know, that in the lightweight division, that could cause him problems. Like, you know, with uh, Ryan Garcia as well. I don't know. It's a tricky one. I, I really can't call it. What it is, I can't put my finger on it. But um, it's just, it, I don't know. Uh, he got rid of him before. Um, that's about all I can say about Jamie McGuire And he needs to just go on and pick up some. Uh, whether he fights Liam Smith, maybe 154. I still think Liam Smith, I think he unfinished business for him. And I think that'd be a good fight for him. Um, so we'll see. We'll see happens but I, I don't know I, I'm still not I'm not keen on him I don't know what it is it's <laughs> just something about him I'm just not keen on him and I, I don't think he's he, he's proved himself he's got a good ability he's got a good power but I just I, I think he's been inactive sometimes he doesn't I don't know what it, why but um Yeah,
0: I'm just not feeling him to be honest. I I can understand where you're coming from. I think at times it feels a little bit like this guy has got the potential to go on to be a megastar, like his compatriot Canelo, but it just feels like he's there for the taking. You know, there's there's someone that's just going to come along and and, and absolutely piss on his chips and and give him a bit of a beating and then we're going to be all like, oh, well, he wasn't ready for it and, you know, we were saying this for, 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 for months about him, but... I know. Just we'll get to see it, won't we? I'm sure we will. I'm sure we'll get to see him in a really, really tough fight soon, and, and that's when we will really get to see when the chips are down for him, how good he really is, and can he bounce back from any type of adversity in a fight? And this is what I think people want to see. You know, he doesn't. I think the the, the fight with Dennis Hogan, I think, was the one that made people really believe that actually he's there for the taking, and I think Dennis Hogan really, yeah. really wants that rematch, and if, if if he gets it, I'm confident that he could actually give you know a, a, a real good fight, and I'm confident in the right environment he could actually sneak a win over him there um, but he's just it's just they don't seem to want that rematch, and you know there's a reason why they don't really want that rematch. Is because they know he could probably get him, and they know he could get his number, and that's probably why he's doing it. And he's just going to continue to use him as the cash cow as the new Canelo for when Canelo eventually moves on. And speaking of Canelo, and moving into sort of the final bit of the show for this episode is the confirmation that on November the second, as we've already suspected and already practically confirmed he's going to move up to light heavyweight to fight for the WBO light heavyweight title against Sergey Kovalev. And this makes Canelo, what? Three, four weights potential champion now if he goes in and does that. I mean, you know, given what he's done with the whole Boutrol scandal, we've always spoke about it, our disdain for it. I suppose if we we say that about Canelo, we'd have to sit here and say that about every single fighter that's been proven to have failed a, a drug test in particular. But... I mean, if he goes in there and then beats Kovalev, which I really think he would at this point, you know, it makes him it makes him one of the greatest fighters. I mean, I'm not specifically saying where I'd put him in the, a list of greatest fighters. I'm just saying, for me, if he goes on to achieve that, that would make him one of the greatest fighters ever.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. It's it's tricky with Canelo because I, I'm a bit similar. Where I really like watching Canelo, and then when the old drug scandal come out, I sort of lost a little bit of love for him. Um, but you know, that's just you've got to put that to one side you know he has served his band you know so I suppose we've got to move on from it but it's hard to not put him in there alongside the best Mexicans that have ever lived um, the way he's going through the west and continuing to do so and, and so effectively and i are making favourite against Kovlev. Um, maybe we we might maybe Kovlev puts in a, a fantastic performance and shows that, you know, you don't belong in the light heavyweight division, mate, and uh, I'm gonna get rid of you hopefully. In a way I sort of will be rooting for Kovlev but I just think Canelo is, is, is the body punching and, you know, he, he's got something. When he's, I mean, we're just talking about him as a fighter here, I, you know, you can't knock him. He, he's, he's got it. Yeah, even, even from, from the drug, away from the drug thing, I still, for me, he hasn't beaten Golovkin. I don't think he's beaten him. There's no there's no way you can turn around and say that he won those two fights. Clearly, I still believe one was a draw and one was a win for Golovkin. That's just my opinion. Um, so... He needs to have that next fight with Golovkin and hopefully he will come back down to to, to middleweight or super middleweight and and fight him. Um, We'll see. Oh, oh, it's middleweight, isn't it, actually, with Golovkin. So, I don't know. Is he going to... The way he seems to be moving through the weight, I mean, people pick up on... On Pacquiao and talk about how he's a drug cheat and because he moved through the weight so much and so easily, but yeah, people don't seem to say that with Canelo, and uh, it confuses me because I just think clearly he's up to, I I just don't I, I just don't believe that he's a clean fighter for me. So that's why I will never you know when people put their pound for pounds out and they have Canelo sitting at number one I mean in the ring yeah probably but it's I mean it's not just Canelo it's everybody but because he's the golden boy and you know he, he makes so much money for Vegas you know on his fights all of his nights are just huge aren't they he bringing so much money over being at the uh, the the um, A&T the, the uh, massive stadium there in is it Texas um, so you know he, he's a massive draw he's probably the biggest draw in boxing so that guy will get why of anything? And, and, and I believe that with boxing, boxing's always been a little bit, dirty. It's this, you know, let's get it right here. That's from way, way back in the days. We all know boxing has its corrupt side. And, and I think when it comes to this old drug scandal, I think it's just eking its way in. It's, it's showing its ugly face and I don't like it. And, and that's why I, I can't, I just can't watch Canelo in a way that makes me think that, you know, he's 100% clean and he's, he's doing it the right way because I don't believe he is. So it's hard for me to say that. But um, because he's so good in the ring and I really did like him. And I think that's probably the reason why my loads has been put out of joint with it because I just I've wanted the guy from the beginning and and I thought you know I've always liked him and I just think he's, he's he's pulled the wall over my eyes to be honest with you so that's why I've I've lost that love for him so but. If he goes and beats Kovalev, it does. It makes him one of the probably one of the best Mexican fighters that's ever lived, and it's it's it's, it's the way it is. I suppose. Isn't it? I've just got a grin grinning berry, I suppose.
0: So I think as I close this episode out, then I think you know I'm not even going to give any airtime to the whole KSI and Logan Paul bill promoted by Eddie Hearn. If I'm going to sum up, sum it up in one word. Bullshit. So that is about (laughs) as much airtime as that is getting, uh, because I can't even be asked speaking about how much of bullshit that is. Maybe I'll speak about it in a few more weeks' time, but for now we're out of time for this particular episode to speak about it. So obviously we're going to be back a little bit later on this week. We've got more episodes coming out of the Career Profile series and the Legendary Knight series to come up over the next couple of weeks. Again, Wants to Watch is going to be starting up again, Season 3, very, very soon. Going to be getting the first episode out to you over the next week or two. And as always, thank you for subscribing to the podcast and following us on social media and letting us know what you think of the episodes, it's really good to get the feedback from everybody that listens to it because we do really appreciate it and there's a lot of hours that go into it behind the scenes that people don't really know about, they don't appreciate the type of editing we have to do to actually get it to the level we want it at and with us not having producers to do it and not having a mainstream studio to do it in, it obviously takes a lot of free time to do it so you know, when we get these responses from you guys listening to it, it's so much appreciation from our side because we really, really enjoy getting to see that people are enjoying what we're actually doing and that we're not just sat here talking a load of waffle we clearly know we're talking about something here don't we because people are enjoying it so uh, as always Johnston it's been a pleasure to have you on looking forward to getting the next couple of weeks episodes out with legendary nights and career profiles and for the listeners as always go and follow us on social media at BTR Boxing Pod on Twitter, BTR Boxing Podcast on Facebook, subscribe on either Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher Spreaker, Player FM, Spotify Rate us reviewers, let us know what you think. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. It's the Tyson Fury Otto Volin recap. Tough night in Vegas for Fury. Will he win in the future against Wilder? Well, we're gonna have to wait and see, aren't we guys? See you next time. <laughs> Podcast
1: Network.